Coca-Cola Company, Keurig Dr. Pepper, and PepsiCo are bringing consumers more choices with less sugar than ever before. From sparkling, flavored, and bottled waters to zero-sugar sports drinks, teas, and sodas, consumers are taking advantage of these choices. In fact, nearly 60% of beverages sold contain zero sugar. To learn more, visit balanceus.org.
Battle-ready prayer. Praises be to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Holy One of Israel, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I give you thanks and praise for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. I give thanks for a mind to pray, a heart to seek your face, and authority to bring my members into subjection. I thank you for this moment and the opportunity that each day brings. I know that each day is special, and I am empowered with unlimited potential. There are no ceilings on my life, obstacles that cannot be overcome, or barriers that can stand in my way. In fact, this is the greatest day of my life, and I am free to exercise all of the gifts and talents you have blessed me with. My hopes and dreams can manifest today, and I approach this moment with great expectation for miracles, breakthrough, and deliverance. I stand before you, Lord, naked, offering no excuses or justifications for my shortcomings and weaknesses. I come, Lord, seeking your standard and not those of men. I pray that you will forgive me my sins, known and unknown. Forgive every thought, deed, action, motive, or intent of my heart that is not lined up with your word, your will, or your calling and purpose for my life. Please forgive secret faults and uproot any seed of discontent that has been planted in my life. Forgive me, Lord, if I have held back the tithe, and give me a heart to restore every person that I have wronged. Just as you forgive me, I forgive those that have wronged me, and I let go of any art, bitterness, or ill will that I have held in my heart. I will not allow sin and bitterness to cut off the flow of blessings into my life. I repent right now in the name of Jesus, and I receive the power of the blood to cleanse me from all iniquity. I come before you, Lord, with a heart that is after your own, and a mind that has stayed on you. I thank you, Lord, for saving me from myself and the consequences of sin. I surrender, Lord, and give you total and complete reign over my life. I willingly submit to you in thanksgiving and praise. I thank you, Lord, for the relationship and fellowship that you have allowed me to share with you. I thank you for every moment, prayer, word, and opportunity to gain revelation and understanding concerning you. Forgive me for the times I have taken you for granted or moments where I have allowed my focus and discipline to slip. I choose you, Lord, and all of your benefits and denounce all ties and fellowship with the world. I have no place in the world and denounce everything that it offers. You have given me a choice, Lord, and I choose to be in covenant with you. I have crossed the line of no return, and I will not look back. Each day I am getting more and more like you and growing further and further from this world. My reality in Christ is more real than what my natural eyes behold, and I know that you are not a million miles away. You are right here with me every step of the way. 
I will have confidence in you, Lord, concerning every situation I face, every decision I make, and every temptation in my path. Give me an ear, Lord, to hear your instruction, eyes that will not be deceived, and a heart that will remain faithful. My life has been built on the foundation that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You died on the cross for my sins and your blood was shed for me. I exercise total faith and confidence in my belief that death was powerless to hold you in the grave and that you rose again and resurrected every dead thing. I receive your resurrection power and declare that there is no dead thing in my life. I speak life in all things pertaining to me. Even now, Lord, I pray that you will breathe life into my relationships, my home, my dreams, my career, and my calling and purpose. Let there be no cracks in my foundation and restore every bone that has been broken. I pray, Lord, that dead branches be pruned for me and my harvest bear much fruit. I offer no resistance and pray that all ungodly distractions be pruned for me, whether they are people, unhealthy relationships, environments, dead situations, ungodly influences, or anything that is not expedient for me. I distance myself right now from every dead thing and release them from my life in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that I have inherited life through your sacrifice, forgiveness for my sins through your blood, revelation through your word, and I have been empowered by your spirit. I take precious time, Lord, to fully grasp and consider what my relationship with you means. Help me to never lose sight of the fact that I have an adversary that must be fought each day. My adversary is the world and Satan, who is the prince of this world. The world around me is not my home, and each day it becomes more a reflection of Satan, its prince. I am not ignorant to Satan's devices, and I understand that the world is designed for my destruction. The allurement of pleasure and the temptations that cross my eyes are for the purpose of robbing me of everything I have inherited through Christ. Every trap, every lust, and the pride that is in the world are set against me on all sides. The hope that I have is in patiently walking according to your word and staying firm to the covenant I have made with you. The world cannot strip me of my authority, but I can hand it over. I will not be deceived by what I see, hear, or how I feel. If it is not of God, then it is for my destruction. Help me, Lord, to see the spirit behind the temptation. The word tells me that Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes that I might have life and have it more abundantly. I rebuke and bind every influence that seeks to draw me away from you. For it is nothing more than a gateway to hell and will rob me of my eternal destiny. Father, I know you are able to do all things, and there is nothing that is impossible for you. Right now, Lord, I remember my first love, and I am prepared today to exercise faith in the light of circumstances. Sacrifice my own wants and desires in order to embrace yours. Stand on the word of God, even if it causes me to be peculiar. Deny my flesh and feelings, regardless of the temptation, and not make decisions based on what I see or think. I will forget about the past and press towards the mark. I will walk as a prophet of God, put my head up, and if somebody is there to encourage me, then I will encourage myself. I will not be ashamed to follow the examples of Christ, even in the face of persecution. To think differently in the light of the negative labels and slander I may endure. Nor will I be afraid to take a stand in the minority, even if it seems as if the whole world is standing against me. I am willing to abstain when others are eager to participate, to speak out when my words may cause me to be ostracized and to believe the Bible even when it is the unpopular thing to do. In other words, I am prepared to live like Jesus. I release my faith right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever situation I'm in, whatever I'm dealing with, and regardless of what odds are against me, I will be steadfast and unmovable. I am an elite company, 
and encompassed about by a great cloud of witnesses. The words of this prayer will comfort me, build up my spirit, man, and encourage me in the way. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and cast down Satan and his forces of darkness from any involvement, activity, or distractions in this prayer. I commission my angels to come against every thought, feeling, influence, and hindrance that is set against me. I stand in the gap for my family and friends and pursue the Lord with all of my heart. Even as I hear the words of this prayer, my body is regenerating itself. My body is preparing itself for another productive day. My body is developing according to your plan, and health is being released in all of my organs, tissue, bones, bodily systems, veins, arteries, and muscles. My brain is processing the information consistent with your word and filtering out everything that is not of you. My heart is being protected from all ungodly influences, and my innocence is being guarded. I have and will always have a sound mind that is saturated in your word. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke evil spirits from attaching to me in any way, shape, or form. They have no place, familiarity, or invitation in my life. They do not enter into my eyes, my ears, my mind, or my heart. My spirit, man, has victory over them all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and cast down, and break all generational curses. I decree by the blood of the Lamb and the power given to me as joint heir with Jesus Christ that I will not be the victim of physical, mental, or emotional abuse, nor will I have, serve, or entertain idols or false gods. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I decree that I am not a covenant breaker, and my yea is yea and my nay is nay. I pray, Lord, that you protect me from all hurt, harm, pain, and danger, and those that mean me ill will. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I have the patience of Job, the meekness of Moses, the heart of David, the favor of Joseph, the ear of Samuel, the courage of Joshua, the wisdom of Daniel, the zeal of Peter, the love of John, the faithfulness of Abraham, and the boldness of Paul. I abide in the fruits of the Spirit all the days of my life, and even now these fruits are growing in me. Lord, help me to be a person of great faith, consistent in good deeds, and a constant encourager. I will continue to love you with all of my heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, and to love my neighbor as myself. In the name of Jesus and the power of your blood, I pray, Lord, that you are first in everything that I do, and I have no priority greater than you all the days of my life. I am eternally connected to you and have an expectation in heaven. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that my face be before the Lord always and that your angels encamp around me and deliver me. Order my steps in the word and design my days according to your will. The Lord touches my mouth and puts his words in it. Lord, I will go wherever you send me and speak whatever you give me to speak. I am not afraid of their faces because your sword protects me at all times. Father, you are my sustainer, my provider, my comforter, my guide, my strength, and most of all, my friend. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I equip myself right now with the whole armor of God that I am covered from head to toe in every aspect of my life. There should be no parts of my life that are exposed on the inside or out, but all should be covered by the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I put on the helmet of salvation. I have been redeemed from all traces of poverty, and I rebuke and bind a poverty spirit. You supply all of my needs, and I am blessed all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus, I speak abundant harvest in my life. My bank accounts are overflowing, and my barns are full. The blessings of the Lord overtake and pursue me all the days of my life. I speak financial security and wholeness over my family and the perfect will of God in my life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, 
I rebuke, bind, and curse the spirit of death. I shall not see untimely death, nor shall death have any hold over me. I shall fulfill all of my days, months, hours, years, minutes, and seconds. I have divine order in my life, and death has no grip on me. A thousand shall fall by my side, and ten thousand by my right hand, but it shall not come nigh me. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, my feet are shod with the gospel of peace. Peace rests upon me and covers my mind and heart. I have peace in the midst of storms, chaos, and confusion. Your peace comforts me in times of trial and sustains me from being weary. It surpasses all understanding, rendering logic helpless, and my faith sustains me. Father, you are an awesome God. You are not a million miles away, but right here with me each and every day. You walk with me, talk with me, and guide me every step of the way. You love me, and I rest in you, and I know that you are my God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I have been empowered with the sword of the spirit, and I have authority over all power of Satan. I rejoice and celebrate that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. The sword of the Lord shall never depart from me, and I speak boldness into my spirit. I rebuke, bind, and cast down the spirit of fear. You have not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. When I walk through the waters, you are with me. When I go through the rivers, you help me. And when I pass through the fire, the flame does not kindle upon me. You have set your love upon me, and you protect me all the days of my life. The hedge of protection rests on me, and your fire shall be in my spirit. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, the shield of faith is an extension of my arm. My faith shall not fail me, and I trust in the Lord with all of my heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. If you said it, then I know that you will do it. You shall not withhold any good thing from me and you are able to perform your word in my life. I fortify my faith by releasing the promises of God into my life. Every word you have spoken concerning my destiny shall be established and come to pass, and my enemies shall not prevail against me. In the name of Jesus, I pray over my marriage. I pray that my marriage will continue to be everything that the word of God called it to be. My marriage shall be built on faithfulness, trust, loyalty, and a mutual love of God. You shall be the head of my house, at the center of everything we do. And the word of God shall be the binding and final authority in all matters. I am God's ambassador in my house, and I shall cover my spouse all the days of my life through my word, examples, character, and deeds. My marriage is blessed and washed in the blood and shall weather any challenges that arise against it. Our love continues to grow stronger each day as the Lord allows us to see more of him in one another. If I am single, then I confess total contentment within myself, wholeness in my life, patience to wait on God and security in Christ. I am a person of high self-esteem and significant value to the kingdom. I will not compromise my covenant with God, nor will I allow fear to cause me to operate in the fleshly realm. I exercise complete and total control over my mind, my will, and my emotions, and I do not leave any doors open for Satan to sneak in. I understand that every relationship is not for me. Every person does not have my best interests. All that glitters isn't gold, and every sugary thing is not sweet. In the name of Jesus, I will not be distracted by counterfeits and wolves in sheep's clothing. I will not lower my biblical expectations, nor will I give in to the pressures of the world. I have total confidence in God and the plan that he has for my life. In the name of Jesus, I surrender my children to you, Lord, and trust you to impart me with the ability and wisdom to raise them in the fear of the Lord. I make a commitment to my children to openly receive the instruction in your word on how to raise them, love them, and properly present them before you at that day. I pray that your calling and purpose will be fulfilled in them and ask that you guide and direct me in all matters concerning them. 
I shall be careful to represent you before them in everything that I say or do. I commit to live holy before them and set godly examples for them to follow. I shall not be a hypocrite and I shall practice what I preach. I shall be a provider and protector for them and make whatever sacrifices are necessary to ensure them a wonderful life. I shall fight to preserve their innocence and protect them from the brainwashing of the world. My expectation in them shall come to pass and the blessings set out in your words shall be established in them. My children shall see you in everything that I say and do. In the name of Jesus, I seal my soul to the words of this covenant, that it is the declaration of my heart, that every word be lined up with the perfect will of God and line by line with his understanding. Let the Lord Jesus Christ be the final arbitrator of my mind and heart, and that this covenant be in all ways pleasing in the sight of God. I thank you, Lord, that you love me and that you hear me. I thank you, Lord, for a mind to share intimate fellowship with you. I thank you that these words shall be established in my heart and mind, that they shall be a part of me and guide and direct my paths at all times. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity and this second chance. I look forward to your return, and I know that nothing that I have done or sacrificed has been in vain. Thank you for this life, who I am in Christ, and for all blessings you have bestowed upon me. Amen. 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 Happy Sabbath, and thank you for joining us. <clears throat> Mighty on LPJ 64, Mr. and Mrs. Sweeping Bible Study Hour. <clears throat> How are you doing on another lovely Sabbath afternoon? Oh, well, I would say night. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, night time. But how are you doing? We're here together again to worship and praise our Heavenly Father. And I hope you got your Bibles ready and open and ready to go because we're ready to read the Word of God and praise Him and lift Him up. I hope you're ready to do that. We are ready. We have our Bibles open and I hope you had a wonderful day. It's been a warm day. It's been a really hot day and I hope that everybody is able to stay cool today, keep cool. It's been, uh, it's, been it's been a hot day. It's been a hot day. Yes, it's been a real hot day. <clears throat> I think the temperature got up to uh, 108. It's 108. Yeah, we got up to 108 today. It's been uh, really hot, but that's okay. God has been good. He yes, kept he us. We're still he, here, praise God. He's still here. He kept us. And uh, so we still got a lot to be thankful for. He kept us anyway. So we can thank him for that. And know it was hot. A lot of places it was hot. And they went through a lot more than we went through. That's right. Yes. <clears throat> thank the Lord for air conditioning. Thank yes. the Lord <clears throat> for a place to go and cool off. Yes. And so we, we were, we've been thankful. But for a lot of things, so even though it was hot, we still don't. So, we just want to thank you for joining us right here on LPJ 64. And the Bible study, we're going to be studying the fall of Adam and Eve. Yes, we we're going to be in the Old Testament and the New. Yeah. And we start with Genesis. This is my favorite book. That's your favorite book. I love Genesis. I tell you, Coach. It's a book that that, that, that uh, takes you mm -hmm. uh, to and from uh, from the from, old to the new. Yes. Now, if you hear a little squeaking, that's my cue. Don't get afraid. <laughs> 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 but 
That's I what need, happens when you lie. Yeah, I, I, I need a new cure, but that's all right. It's going to hold me up. But we're going to go ahead and get started here and uh, let's see what we got. Well, our memory text will be in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. <clears throat> I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. And some Bible said between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. So, this is the very beginning of how Adam and Eve fell. So amid all that, God had given our first parents and Eve also came a warning. Yeah. So we, <clears throat> they got a warning too. So in Genesis chapter 2, we're going to Genesis chapter 2. Okay, Genesis chapter 2. Verse 16. 16. Now let's, let's do the name. And 17. 17 and 16. Let's discuss these 16 verse 17. Because he gave them a warning back then too. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, You may freely eat of every tree of the garden. 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and blessing and calamity you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Now, <clears throat> He was only talking to who at that time? He was talking to Adam. Eden did not exist then. He was only he talking. He said he commanded the man. Right. He was only talking to Adam. Eve was not there at that time. Not he, at that he, point. He was talking to Adam. So Adam knew not to eat of the tree. That's the right. Man. Like he knew not to eat of it. So Adam was there by himself. So he. He already knew what he could do and what he could not do. He knew not to eat the tree in the midst of the garden because it was a tree with good and bad on it. So, so exactly. So this warning against eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil shows us that though they were to know good, they were not to know evil. So. That means Adam, at the time, Adam knew good. He did not know any bad. He did not know evil. He only knew good. That's why God told him not to mess with that tree. And we can understand that, especially now. Right, right. He only knew good. Adam did not know evil. He only knew good. That's why God told him not to eat that tree. Because if he did, then he would become knowledgeable of evil. That's right. He already knew good. But if he disobeyed, he would be aware of evil as well. Okay. And we gotta remember that that the threat of death was attached to the warning about disobedience. Like he said, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and blessing and calamity you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And thus had no access, not only forbidden to eat from the tree, they also were driven from the Garden of Eden. So we got to remember that. We're going to go to Genesis uh, chapter 3 and verse 19. Uh, chapter 3 and verse, verse 19. 19. Okay, let's get it on down to 19. 
There we are, 19. Looking and right. like he said, in the sweat of your face, should you eat bread until you return to the ground? For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and dust you shall return. Oh. Okay. So, you got to remember that. Now they were, then they were forbidden to eat from the tree. They also were driven from the Garden of Eden. So we're going to go to 24. So God drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden the cherub and a flaming spoil which turned every way to keep God the way, God the way to the tree of life. Okay. So they had no access to what could have given them eternal life as sinners. So it was a good thing that he did that. Otherwise, they would have got to the tree of life and we would have been here in this mess forever. <laughs> Eternity. Okay. Right. Right. We don't want that. No, we didn't want that. But see, had that happened yet? Had he even got there yet? That word to the tree of the tree of life? Yeah. Had no. he no, he had eaten he came yet? What do you mean? Or that he's still talking to Adam? Well, he did talk to both of them. He's just saying first he had given to Adam, right. but he did tell Eve as well. Okay. So she did know because she even told the serpent what God said. Right. Okay. So we got to remember, however amid this tragedy comes hope, which is found, we were reading in Genesis 3.15, called the Proto-Vaginum, or the first gospel promise. Yes, this verse presents the first gospel promise found in the Bible. The first time humans are told that despite the fall, God has made a way of escape for us all. I love that. So thankful that he did that. You know, we got to remember that. We're going to go and look at some more scripture, and we're going to look in 2 Corinthians Second. in the New Testament. Oh, oh, yeah, I like this now. We're going. Second Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3. Second, okay. Second, 3. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so when you read in Second Corinthians 11 and 3, 3. Okay. Are you in Second Corinthians 11 and 3? Oh, I mean three, eleven, mm -hmm. all right. Eleven. I'm, okay, eleven, three. Three. Say eleven, three. Mm -hmm. I, 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 there we go. But now I am fearful that, that even as the serpent beguiled Eve by his cunning, so your mind may be corrupted and seduced from wholehearted and sincere and pure devotion to Christ. So we got to remember that we too, if we don't be careful, we can be beguiled as Eve was from the devil because that was serpent. Yeah, because yeah. he's the same serpent now he was then. Exactly. And he had 6,000 years to put mm -hmm. his same plan together again. So that's correct. So who is the serpent and how does he deceive Eve? Well, we got to remember the text began with the serpent. The serpent has a definite article indicating that his well-known figure as if the reader already should know who he is. Well, 
So, of course, the scripture identifies the serpent as the enemy. And we can look in Isaiah 27 and 1 in the Old Testament. Isaiah 27 and verse 1. And that's it, Isaiah 27. 27. And verse 1. 1, okay. In that day, the Lord will deliver Israel from her enemies and also from the rebel powers of evil and darkness. His sharp and unrelenting, great and strong sword will visit and punish uh, Leviathan, the swiftly fleeing serpent. Leviathan, the twisting and winding serpent, and he will slay the monster that is in the sea. So he identified the serpent as the enemy. Leviathan, Leviathan, whatever his name is, you know what I mean. Right. Leviathan. Right. And it's specifically called him the devil and Satan. And that's also in Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, in the New Testament. Revelation 12 and verse 9. He tells us, 12 and verse 9. All right. And the huge dragon was cast down and out, the age-old serpent who was called the devil, and saved, he who is the seducer, deceiver of all humanity, the world over. He was forced out and down to the earth, and his angels were flung out along with him. There you go. There you go. Likewise, the ancient Near East, the serpent personified the power of evil. So in order to accomplish his work, unperceived, Satan chose to employ as his medium the serpent, a disguise well adapted for his purpose of deception. The serpent was then one of the wisest and most beautiful creatures on the earth. It had wings and while flying through the air presented the appearance of dazzling brightness, having the color and brilliancy of burnished gold. And you see how he had he, wings. You see how he <laughs> have had wow. people fooled for years. For he years. had a long forky <laughs> tail with Long red ears and big teeth, you know. He he had himself disguised as an ugly red thing. Who who people for years? Mm -hmm. And he was one of the most handsome, intelligent, and and that was Lucifer. And we were just talking about how say how the serpent was yeah, how beautiful right. he did. He had wings, right? Instead of what happened is, we look at the snake, and we did, I couldn't even imagine the snake having wings right. and flying through the oh, air. Well, yeah. Oh, that's like that. That's the yeah. serpent. Yes, yeah. yeah, sir. Well, he, because uh, he, walked, he walked up on man. Right. right. And said the serpent had wings, and he's flying through the air, presented an appearance of dazzling brightness. You know, you don't. You look at the snake today, we all run from it because he looked evil. <laughs> to me, well, he does. Yeah. He and that's look, all we he have. He didn't look evil then. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he was wise. That's well, why he tell us in the Bible, be wise as a serpent. Right. You were wise <laughs> and very intelligent. He was intelligent enough to fool evil. He said he was wise. 
Yeah. And it says the serpent does not present himself as an enemy of God or the contrary. The serpent refers to God's words, which he repeats and seems to support. That is, right from the start, we can see that Satan liked to quote God. And as shall later be seen, even quotes the word of God itself. And we know that to be true. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 4 on that one. 4 and verse 6. All right, here we go. We got six there at all. And this is what Satan is saying. He said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will give his angels charge over you, and they will bear you up on their hands, lest you strike, strike your foot against a stone. Now, this, he's talking to Jesus here. That's right. He quoted the word, but he had truth and error in it. He's trying to get Jesus. See, he's trying to get right Jesus. Right then and there. Yeah. Yeah, he's trying to get Jesus to do the wrong thing here. Mm -hmm. He's trying to talk Jesus to do the wrong thing. They're trying to fool Jesus now. Trying to say, throw yourself yeah. off there. You know your angels are saviors. Yeah. You know your angels are saviors. Now, what did Jesus say? But see, knowing the word, knowing what his father had told him. And we're going to go to number seven. There you go. Go to number seven. So Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written. Also, you should not tempt, test thoroughly, or try exceeding the Lord your God. All right. There Amen. So that's, that's why he tells us to use his word to that's get the word. the devil. That's the word. That's the word. That's the word. The short, short, the short is for That's right. That's it. Cut him up. He took that and cut him up. Made him back up off. You know, when we're talking about the devil in whatever form he appears, the Bible is not using mere metaphors. In scripture, Satan is depicted as a literal being and not just some rhetorical symbol or an abstract principle to depict evil or humanity's dark side. So he is a literal being. That's what we got to remember that too. So, the forbidden fruit, you know, there's parallels between God's conversation with Adam. When we read Genesis 2 and 16 and 17 and Eve's conversation with the serpent, it is as if the serpent has now replaced God and knows even better than he does. At first, he merely asked a question, implying that the woman had perhaps misunderstood God. But then Satan openly questioned God's intentions and even contradicted him. What do you do today? Hey, he does the same thing today. Yes, he does. See, and that's why you must know God's word. So when Satan brings, when he brings it to you, and he kind of twists it a little bit mm -hmm. and pour a little water in it, you will know the truth. And you can put it back to him like it is. Out of God's word. Out of God's word really is. You can put back to him just like it is. You can put the truth on faith. He can't stand that. But if you don't know God's word, 
and you read the water down part of God's word, he got you. Mm-hmm. But if you read the truth and know the truth, you know it, and the truth will set you free. That's like the truth will set you free from it. So Satan attacks concerning two issues, death and the knowledge of good and evil. While God clearly and stated that their death will be certain in Genesis 2, 17, Satan said that on the contrary, they wouldn't die, stating that humans were immortal. Right. Let's look at Genesis chapter 3 and verse 4. In Genesis three. 3 and verse 4. Four. Okay. But the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die as you do today. Right. For God forbid Adam to eat the fruit. Go ahead. Yeah, he said, Surely. You shall not surely, surely die. die. He knew. Satan knew that, yeah, she would not die physically, but spiritually, spiritually. she would be dead. Now, that's what he wanted. He wanted her to die spiritually. Well, she would die physically eventually, but spiritually immediately. Well, that's what he wanted. He wasn't worried worried about physically death, but spiritually what he wanted. Mm -hmm. He wanted her to die spiritually Right then, when he wanted that spiritual death, exactly. he, he wanted that right then. Just like he wants us to die spiritually right now, so we can die physically. Right. Yeah. See, physically, he know you're gonna die physically. He already know that. Right. You're gonna die that way anyway. But he wants you to die spiritually. So when you so die, he won't come. So you could completely die physically. Right. So when you die physically. You'll die eternally. Exactly. See, that's what he wants. And that's what he knew that if he could get her to die spiritually, mm-hmm. she would be lost. See, eternally. That's very true. Eternally. Yeah. And that's what he would look at eternally death, not just right now. And if he could get her to do that, that was the soul he would have won. Right, right. And see, what we got to understand that um, just like the loyalty that she had given God, the loyalty she disobeyed because of listening to, let's go to verse 5, Genesis 5 is where we're at now. All right. You need to write one, 3 5. 3 5. Okay. All right, 3 5. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil and blessing and calamity. Mm-hmm. Now, see, now look at that. See, he, he, he knew right there, okay, he, exactly. want, he wanted her to eat of it because there was no battle for Eve then. As long as she hadn't ate of the tree, there was no battle. He wanted a battle for her. Well, see, what she did was he said he don't even want her to go toward the tree or even look at the tree. So because she went to the tree, he was able to wean her in. Right. So when there, there was no valley 
first because Until she, she started talking to me. Because she only knew good, but if he could get her to eat that tree, now she has a battle within herself, a battle with the flesh and a battle with, with the spirit. spirit. She didn't have that battle at first. She only knew good, so there was no battle at all. Exactly. But when he got her to do what he wanted her to do. And we're on number that, six on that now. Okay, let's that. go to number, I'm, I'm, I'm running. Okay, let's do number six. Well, this first of all, let me read this and then we'll go to six. Okay. See, say the two arguments, immortality and being like God, convince Eve to eat the fruit. So it is troubling that as soon as the woman decided to disobey God and eat the forbidden fruit, she behaved as if God were no longer present and had been replaced by herself. There you she go. became God. That's what she was thinking. That's two six. That's right. That's so, six. And when the woman saw that the tree was good, suitable, and pleasant for food, and that it was delightful to look at, a tree to be desired in order to make one wise, mm -hmm. she took up his fruit and ate. And she gave some also to her husband and he ate. All right. See, that? now that's what he wanted. Because mm -hmm. he knew she did that. Then he the, did. She would make sure she could get Adam to the, follow suit. That's right. The, the battle began right there. Mm -hmm. The flush. And the spirit was on. The boxing gloves were put on. That's what happened was her personality changed. There you go. That, that the boxing gloves were put on. All right. The spirit and the flesh, they're they in this battle now. Because there's right and wrong. The spirit and the flesh is getting ready to battle. Because what she did was she seen that the tree was good, it was pleasant, mm -hmm. it was delightful to look at, mm -hmm. and a tree to be desired to make her wise. So there it is. Those she, things yeah, she seen, she, she decided, that, oh, okay. That, that was the first part. She didn't know anything about those things oh, at first. So it. the battle was on. The battle was on. The boxing gloves was put on. The flesh and the spirit. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Satan, that's what Satan wants. He wanted that for her. Because what she did was she evaluated the forbidden fruit. She That's saw that it was good, mm -hmm. which remind us of God's evaluation of his creation. Mm -hmm. She saw that yes. it was good. Yes. God, he's, God seen things, oh, this is good. What he made was good yes. and very good. That's what he said. God, that's what God said. Mm -hmm. See, and God had told her. He, she would see if he seen that what he created was good, mm. very good. That's right. See? And, and so Satan, oh, now I got you. You will die spiritually now because you desire things before you get and desire anything. Exactly. Huh? Mm. The battle is on. The battle is on. Okay, let's move now on. She See, wants to be wise. Now she's going to desire yes, things. Yes, And things yes. look good. Things look good. Now, okay. See, so same, same way he knew what he was doing. doing. He knew same way he do us today. today. Yeah. You look over there, you see somebody else's somebody else's husband look good. You desire. You ain't got no business with that. That's right. Pleasure. You ain't got no business with that money. It ain't your money. You like to look at. <laughs> Treat to be desired. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's yeah, go on. Let's go on. The temptation. Yeah, temptation. See, that's what came about. Right. When God said desire, temptation, Satan knew what he was doing. That's right. All so right. these two temptations, let me go back. This is what we, we <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. Whoa. <laughs> this is what we did with the devil. The devil won't want to talk about it, so we got me. <clears throat> and you think about it. This is what you think about it. This is why we are today. It is. Oh yes, this tree right here brought us to where we're at today. That's why we said the fall of Adam and Eve. Oh, what we're yeah. gonna do is take a break. Yeah, we'll take a we break. Come back and talk about some more. So keep it locked in on LPJ sixty four. For Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. Join us, you're listening to LPJ 64 Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. Oh, yeah, oh, we yeah. are talking about the fall of Adam and Eve. Before <clears throat> we went to break, if you may talk about these two temptations those of being immortal and of being like God are at the root of the idea of immortality in ancient Egyptian and Greek religion. 
the desire, excuse me, the desire for immortality, which they believe was a divine attribute, obliged these people to seek divine status as well, in order they hope to acquire immortality. This way of thinking infiltrated Jewish Christian cultures and have given birth to the belief in the immortality of the soul, which exists even today in many churches. Oh, yes, yes. <clears throat> today among God's people, yes, it does. I believe it does. We're going to go to uh, <clears throat> Genesis chapter 3 and verse 7. Okay, verse 7, there it is. And then the eyes of them both were open. They knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron-like girdles. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking <clears throat> in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? He said, I, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, <clears throat> and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you oh, that you now. were naked? <laughs> or, now, how many questions were that? God asked questions. The first one was, Where are you? Second. Who told you you was naked? See? God asked questions. Those are all questions. Right. Two questions he asked. Go ahead. And he said, Who told you was naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Third question. You see, Satan, Satan knew what he was doing. He knew right there what he had did. We got exactly. Here's what happened. Okay. After they sinned, Adam and Eve felt naked because they lost their garments of glory, which reflected God's presence. We're gonna look at that in Psalm eight five. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Psalm eight five. All right. Mm -hmm. Chapter eight and verse five. Eight five. Okay. Eight. Okay. There it is. Yet you have made him but a little lower than God or heavenly beings, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. Oh, right. Mm. See, that's what Satan knew would happen. Mm -hmm. See, Satan could not get to them unless they do just what they did. Just what they did. Lost that what? They lost. His righteousness, the garment That's of like God's glory. God's glory, which had them comfort surrounded. Wow. He could not touch them. And he needed to get that out around them. And to do that, we had to disobey. He had, they, had to disobey they had to disobey and sin. And that was sin. Wow. So we're going to go also to Psalm 104. Psalm 104, okay. Verse 1 and 2. All right. Bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord. O my soul, O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor 
and majesty. You are the one who covers yourself with life as with a garment, who stretches out the heaven like a curtain or a tent. And that garment is a robe. That's what was covered. That's, yeah. that's the righteousness that, of God. That's right. That's what it was. That's what it was. And Satan <clears throat> needed to get that off of them in order for them to recognize their nakedness. Which, when you recognize your nakedness, wow. you recognize sin. And exactly. He said the image of God has been affected by sin. There you so go. his honor and majesty, which he had clothed Adam and Eve with, because of sin, it has been taken away. It has been taken away. He, he, he knew what he had to do to, to get their, their, their soul. He knew. He did, right. he did just that when he got that, he got that robe, that robe of life. Soon as they ate of the tree, the garment was, was taken gone. off. And, and now what they did was they replaced the creator as a, attempted to cover their sin. What we do? That's right. We attempt to cover our right. sin. So what we cover our nakedness with now is clothes. Then, then it was a robe of light. That's right. But now we have because to have of sin. Now they have to have clothes. Now, 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 and the second thing, the first animal that was killed was then, and that was the first death. Uh, first That's time right. the animal was killed. See, mm -hmm. they brought one sin called another sin called That's the animal right. had to be That's killed. That's what happened. See, what what happened. Mm -hmm. See. They said when God approaches, he asks them a rhetorical question. Where are you? Just like we just said. Yeah. The same kind of question that God would ask Cain, of course. Mm -hmm. God knew the answer to the question. His questions were asked for the benefit of the guilty. There you go. To help them realize what they have done and yet at the same time to lead them to repentance and salvation. Now, wow. There you go. That's the purpose of the question. He already knew. It's not like he, he already knew. He wants to know if they would lie and then if they would repent. To recognize the benefit of guiltiness and to realize right. that they've done wrong. So from the moment we Adam and Eve sinned, the Lord was working for their salvation and redemption. Now, amen. amen. So if you think that God is out to do you harm, you need to go to Genesis and read it over and over and over until you get the point that God has never been against you. He's always been for you. In fact, the whole scenario reflects the idea of the investigative judgment, which begins with the judge who interrogated the culprit in Genesis 3-9 in order to prepare him for the sentence in Genesis 3-14, verse 14-19. But he does it also to prompt repentance, which will ultimately lead to salvation. This is a motive seen all through the Bible. Amen. Amen. So all of those... So he knew that they were going to, in other words, he knew it was going to happen. But he already had what he what he was going to do when it happened. He knew they were, it was going to happen or 
you've never spoke to them about not doing it. Correct. Okay. So he gave them choices. He gave like them we got a, today. He gave them a choice before they did it. He already knew they was going to do it. He already knew Eve was going down there and trying to fellowship with the snake. Mm -hmm. He knew these things were going to happen. And he had already made a way for them to get out. In other words, just like we're saying today, I offer you life and death. Choose life. Well, he just like that's why he sent his son to redeem this world. So we can choose life. So we can choose life. He already knew that this world had to be redeemed or we wouldn't have to trust somebody. Exactly. So when he first came to Adam and Eve, they explained, but then they started blaming Adam, blamed Eve, and Eve blamed the serpent. That's what we do today. So at first, like he said, it's common for us as sinners to evade the charge. Only one seek to blame mother. And we'll and if we continue to <clears throat> we're gonna continue this because we're gonna get down to where Alan blamed Eve, Eve blamed the serpent, and we're gonna see what God told them when they start that blame game. See, let's do that right now because God stopped them. And so hold uh uh hold it. Hold it. Let's go to Genesis chapter three. Okay, Genesis <laughs> and verse twelve. Let's get this because we want we want to see what God told them when three what twelve. Let's start at eleven. Okay. We want to see what God told them when they started playing that blame game. So we can see what God told them so we can understand what he saying today when we start saying well uh no i, I done my wife like this because she did this i done my husband like this because he did that god is saying the same thing to you and i today exactly okay let's see so we're going to do three starting at 311 three and he nine. said uh -huh, who told you that you were naked have you eaten on the tree of which I command you that you should not eat? 12. And the man said, The woman who you gave to me with me, she gave me fruit from the tree, and I ate. We're going to 13. And the Lord God said to the woman, <clears throat> What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled, cheated out with it, and deceived me, and I ate. Number 14. And the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed above all domestic animals and above every wild living thing of the field. Upon your belly you should go and you should eat dust and what it contains all the days of your life. Mm. That tells you right there that the serpent had wings. That's right. As he said, you'd be cursed on your belly. On your belly. And that's what we see him is today. That's right. We're going to go to 15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offsprings and her offsprings and he will bruise and tread your head underfoot and you will lie in wait and bruise his heel. Mm -hmm. 16. And to the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your grief <clears throat> and your suffering in pregnancy. And the pains of childbearing, the spasms of distress, you will bring forth children. Yet your desire and craving will be 
for your husband and he will rule over you. They don't that's what the Bible says. They don't like that today. They don't <laughs> like that today. Then the man, the root, the world said, What? The man rule over the woman? No. And <laughs> number seventeen. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> and to Adam, he said, Because you have listened and given heed to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, saying you should eat not of, the ground is under a curse because of you. And <clears throat> sorrow and toil shall you eat of the fruits of it all the days of your life. <clears throat> Thorn also and thistle should it bring forth for you, and you should eat the plants of the field. <clears throat> mm. So that means that's... that's now that, that part where he said... The ground is under a curse because of you. The ground is under a curse the because ground of is cursed. That's why that's why you go, you have a hard time growing mm -hmm. stuff. That's why stuff is hard to grow. You have to turn and work the ground so hard to make it grow grow stuff because of Adam. You see? Now this is what this, this is, is what, what happened. This is what happened. And you know what? We continue to curse our right. children. We continue, to curse. we continue to curse our kids by the life we live, the things we do. We think because we grown and we have kids, we get to live any kind of life and do any kind of thing and live any kind of life before our kids and do any kind of thing and keep doing what we want to do. We're cursing our kids every time. And we wonder why. Our kids turn out to be the way they are because of what we just read here. Mm -hmm. That's what we just read because of uh, we want to play the blame game, but when we do wrong, then we bring sin upon our children, which is generational curses. It's generational. So if we do right, be yes. obedient, and raise our kids in the way of the Lord, they have more blessings than cursing. Bless that instead of cursing. You can bring blessings or curses. That's right. That's what Adam did. That's, it. that's what they did. That's what they did. So and what are we doing? We will. That's what wow. we do. We curse our kids instead of blessing them. We curse them. We said, "This is my life. I can live the way I want to." Yes, you can, but you curse. You curse that, everybody that comes in your life. You curse everything that you touch. Exactly right. You don't bless nothing, and then you say, "God done this. God, why do? Why did this happen to me?" Why did you let this happen? You did it. God didn't do it. He told you in his word. Sure did. You and did. When Eve done what she did, she brought a curse. Well, starting with the serpent, the devil, he brought the curse upon Eve. Eve brought the curse upon Adam and so, so forth and so, and so on. And, and that's what's happening today. We blame God for stuff. We even make the devil tremble. The devil said he shakes and trembles we, for the things that we blame God for. That's right. Uh, we, we, we do things ourselves. And let me tell you what, I got news for you. God bless us because if we get what we deserve, we a lot of us will be dead right now. And I remember that we were talking about we reap what we sow, and that's in the Bible as well. If you sow cursing, you will receive it. Curses. Cursing. If you sow blessing in your life, 
you will receive blessing. And that's what everything that we do, every decision that we make, is not a decision just for me. It's a decision for me and whoever else steps in to, that I'm connected to. And that's why we need to say, Lord, help us, because we know we're not above that sin. That's and right. we walk around here as if we got it all going on because we go to church and pay our tithes and we the deacon and we did that and we got it going on. But God knows your heart. He, he knows Absolutely. your weak. He knows your weak points. He That's knows right. your everything. And you need to be praying for yourself as, you, as well as you do for others. That's right. That's why we was talking Monday. Well, it was Wednesday about fasting and prayer. That's why we need to fast and pray. Listen to the other segment of what we was talking about. That will help us to come to the end of ourselves. Yes. And surrender to Christ so he can bless us in a way that we can bless others. Yes. So It's important that we know that because yes, we, sometimes we get so caught up and it's all about me. I'm going to do me. It's yeah. not about you. It's never been about you. Never it's about, about Christ. You. It's about living and being an image of Christ as we live and breathe and have our being. This is right. what we need to be doing. Well, we're going to take a break, come back, do a little bit more because this is good. I don't want to let go tonight. But we're going to play one song, come back, and do a little bit more. How about that? Well, we are. we got about five minutes, actually. Well, we can run well, maybe we can do a part two. Uh, we can do a part two. Okay, yeah, we'll How do about it. if we do a part two? We're going to play our song. We'll come back with closing prayer. And we'll come back with our email address. And we are going to do a part two. So keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. A lot of people are turning around. Can I get a witness? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The Bible said the race is not given to the swift. I don't hear you here. I, neither is the battle given to the strong, but the, he that endureth the same shall be saved. Oh, come on here, somebody. I need to know this tonight. I need to know this. Do I have any witnesses here? Anybody here know within yourself that you're going all the way? Oh, come on. Don't fool me. Come on, Georgia man. Don't fool me. Are you going all the way? Huh? Come on. You know it's going to rain sometimes. The storms are going to rise, but are you going all the way? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, do me one more favor. Keep that hand in there. Keep that hand in there. I want you to just look at your name and tell them, I'm going all the way. Come on, come on, come on. Look to the other side and tell somebody, I'm going all the way. Listen. The race.
tonight right here on LBJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Album where we're just talking about the fall of Adam and Eve. We did not get finished. So we're going to come back Monday, Lord's Living from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. with part two of the fall of Adam and Eve. Yes, amen. So <clears throat> before we close out, I'm going to give you a email address if you have Bible questions or you need prayer you can email us at r-o-b-t-g-i-n-a 50 at gmail.com Amen Amen Let's have a word of prayer Heavenly Father we come before you tonight Lord thank you for this this evening we would thank you for coming here spend some time with you Lord and read your word study your word Father and show Love, we all need you, Lord, coming in our lives and help heal our lives and go and get in order so we can prepare ourselves to go home with you, Father, for eternity home. We need you, Lord, to help wash our eyes and clean us. You know, Lord, that we, we can't do it ourselves, but we are in the need of you. We pray tonight, Lord, we ask that you come into our lives, Lord, and help us get ourselves in order. We know that we're not ready, Lord. We know we can't get ourselves ready. We know that, Lord, if we, if we don't humble ourselves and come before you and bow and fall before your throne and ask, Lord, mercy upon us. Lord, give us mercy. Lord, reach out and touch us and pick us up. Dust us off, Lord, wash us off, and get us clean, Lord, that we may come into our hearts and come into our lives and prepare us for the day that you're coming to take us home, Lord. Get our lives clean as snow that when you see us, we'll be ready to go home to meet you for eternity. Lord, we ask this of you tonight, Lord that you walk into our lives where so many of us think that we are ready and we are ready to live with you for eternity by the things that we think that we're doing that we think that you you are looking for but our hearts are so exactly and dirty and cold and disorganized Lord and we don't know it so Lord tonight we're just praying that you come into many of our hearts and and cleanse them and wash them, Lord, because they're so dirty and corrupt that we we can't see the need of cleansing. 
So, Lord, tonight we come before your throne and ask that you come into our lives and clean house. And clean house, dust it out, sweep it out, wash it out, mop it out, whatever it needs to be done, Lord, to get us right and prepared to live with you in your castle, Lord. We just ask that tonight in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord. Amen. Amen. And may the windows of heaven open and pour upon you a bundle of blessing and happy Sabbath. Sabbath and have a great night. Good night. Good night.